Hello and welcome to Say That, the podcast for your big questions, get real answers. My name is Matt King. I'm your host here in the city of Chicago and joining me here is Glenn Fitzgerald, the president of Mission USA. Yes. Wow. Yes. Yay. Were you wowed by your own response to the intro there? Yeah, yeah, yeah I think so. Right. Also joining us is Jed Brewer, director of Mission USA Productions. Here and super jealous of Matt's awesome Superman t-shirt. That's right. They don't just sell these at any at any retailer. Well, they kind of do now, but not this one. This one's mine. You can't have it. Stop it. I only want the one that has your musk on it, man. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that one's zero to creepy. And now to follow that up, all the way from Rutgers, Tennessee, one of the pastor of Christ Community Church, Lee Younger. <laughs> I didn't even get introduced before it got creepy. <laughs> Creeptasticness. Jed, Jed's, Jed's been gone, so he has to, like, when he comes back, he has to bring the creepy at full force. I've been having to behave myself for days now. It's nearly <laughs> killed me. <laughs> well, <laughs> wow. Another thing to just follow up the creepiness, because there's another way to go. We had this part scheduled. We apologize in advance, but uh, we did want to give a shout out to a couple of our fantastic listeners out there who have recently... I, like to, I, I declare emergency uh, unplanned and unrehearsed. Okay. Uh, Did you I, unplan and unrehearse to do it after I had finished uh, I, the, saying I, what we were doing? At or? this point, I'm not entirely clear on that. <laughs> but here's what I'm saying okay. definitively. I'm declaring a love emergency. All right. I like okay. the sound of that. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you guys, uh, some of the people listening to this podcast may or may not be super fans. Because I don't know if y'all know this. We have... Some people that just listen, sure, and they say, you know, it's cool, sure, okay. Those people don't get it. No, man, they they don't have they don't have like the bootleg archive. Yeah, we, we, what we I have, don't want to become the fish of podcasting. Don't. <laughs> some well, people have some people have the rare Swedish B side say that recordings. Yeah, you that's know, what I'm talking about on vinyl. You know, uh, but here's the thing: is uh, the the actual majority of people who listen to the podcast are what we call super fans. Oh yeah, and those are the right fans. Absolutely, that's the kind of fan we want. We don't we like if you listen to this and you say you know it's okay, forget you. Yeah, tune out. Yeah. I'm pretty sure there's no one who's ever listened to this and thought it's unoffensively okay. <laughs> yeah. A pretty divisive situation. You here. Have a strong opinion, right? Yeah, yeah. it's binary. Okay. So. We have super fans out there. Now, here's what's happening. A lot of people, they're young. They, they, uh, you know, they, they're growing and maturing in life. And you know what? They want to be a member of the opposite sex. Sure. And get the romance cooking. They want to have togetherness. Right. Harmony. Yeah. Uh-huh. Touching. Right. Kissing. Sure. Praying. Sure. And togetherness. Sure. Okay. Double togetherness. Exactly. Now, uh, but how are they going to get it? How indeed? There's no way. Because what happens is you go to the Christian bookstore, you know what they tell you to do about all that? They say, don't do it. Yeah. Well, I don't know if Our you can get- new Christian bestseller, Dating is Fatal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how Dating May Kill You. News at 11. a 20-year-old guy who's never done anything. Yeah. So- um. That ain't a fix. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I want to be dating. I read the book. What does it say? Don't. Yeah. Well, I don't, that you didn't fix my problem, dude. Right. You know? right. So people got issues, right? Then what happens is they listen to this podcast. Okay. Come on. What now. happens when that when they listen to the podcast is 
they they get transformed okay by that and then people of the by transformed op- you mean they turn into cars uh well that may also be possible oh. <laughs> but what they what they do is they become suave and right. cool and like you know cool debonair yeah and like people are like whoa it's something different about yeah. this person. I want to now date them. Now okay. they've got this. They their confidence is up. Yeah. Their 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 swagger is through the roof. Yeah, they they're, this, they're, they're moonwalking down the street. Yeah. Just, hello, ladies. Right. It's a real Steve Urkel to Stefan Urkel transformation. For Dude, those of you wow. who's watched wow. Excellent wow. reference. Nicely done. Oh, that was. That was. I feel I'm less cool just by being in the room with you guys right now, and that's hard. But this is what happened: is people, you, because uh, this podcast is for lovers. Okay, you we're, read. We're this. the Virginia of podcasts. Exactly right. Well, we're being sued by the state of Virginia. That's for sure. <laughs> what happened is people listen to it, and they are appealing to the opposite sex. That's just a fact. No question. We're not making this stuff up. That's just uh, science. So, so, re- so, give us the report, the love report, uh, on what's happening with the super fans. The love report. A new. You maybe segment. want to wear gloves. A when new you pick recur- up the love report. Ignoring that, <laughs> we had a message come in on the tumblers from our friends and longtime listeners, Mike and Nicole, Woo! in New York, who are engaged. Woo! Yeah. Wow. Nearly half of them, I believe. Based between that and our friends David and Lauren, that's two say that engagements this very year. Dude, Hold on though, this... there, uh, my boy James Holt in in uh, Colorado, they uh, uh, he and Ashley actually got married. Ashley from Canada. Okay, wow. okay. So this is say that listener who uh, he and his girlfriend Ashley they met on the Tumblr. They started dating Whoa. long distance. He in Colorado, she in in Canada. He's a say that super fan. And uh, see, I was under the impression that Colorado wasn't Canada. (laughs) It's close. (laughs) I've seen pictures. It looked pretty much similar to me. But you're telling me those are different places. Colorado. Well, I don't know whether or not they lie about bacon and ham and how that all fits together. But all I do know is that uh, uh, James and Ashley are they they were dating. They're they got engaged. They are now officially married. That is Colorado. the traditional progression. That yeah, wow. say that super fans married, and when you take the total tally of the number of uh, dating relationships, engagements, marriages, and babies that this podcast is producing, we're just keeping the the circle of life going. Again, wow. I'm going to need to take issue and correct the idea that this podcast is, and I quote, producing babies. Right, we, that's we inaccurate. Make, we that's make babies happen. Not a <laughs> factual nor legally actionable statement. Look, look. Here's here's what we do. We make dreams come true. Right. You want to be dating somebody? <laughs> yeah. Listen to this podcast, date somebody. You want to be engaged? Right. Bada bing, engaged. Boom. You want to be married? Boom. Done. You want Done. babies? We can make that happen. We can no, make that again, happen right now. None can... of that was literally speaking true. We're not genies. And also, again, we do not make babies happen. New tagline, say that podcast. It's raining babies. <laughs> <laughs> you, okay. you want a baby? We can get you a baby. We can get you a baby. The weather <laughs> girl's <laughs> long-awaited follow-up hit. Yeah. It's raining babies. We are Because this, this is what happens. 
Now, we don't have any proof that casual fans of this podcast right, are hooking right. up with other people. These right. are the super fans. Right, exactly. So right. here's what I'm saying. Yeah. You're saying you need, to be, you need to show your lack of fear of commitment to the podcast before you can do so to a partner. This is exactly what I'm saying. You're right now. Maybe you're single, but do you love the podcast enough? Exactly right. <laughs> okay. Here's, here's my question, Glenn. Like, let's say, let's say uh, you got person A, and this right. dude listens to the show. Right. He takes in the wisdom. He applies some of it to his life. Things are getting better. Then you got person B. He doesn't just listen to the show. He talks to everybody in his math class about right. the show. Goes right. to talk to a small group. Tells the friends at church, "You got to listen to the show." Right. Which one of those people is more likely to have a baby in any given situation? It's got to be the second guy. No, right. I'm. We He's, are. This podcast is categorically against people who are still quote in math class having babies. Graduate <laughs> no, students are not going to be part of that. Matt. Why they do you not? Why, I've what do you have math graduate babies, students. Matt. They should not be having babies at this exact moment. <laughs> wow, they're Here's, very busy people. Jed. That's nerd shaming. That's what that is. <laughs> Here's what I'm saying: is you got to tell the people what what about the podcast yeah. so that they can tell what's up. Leave I mean? a review. Be, because leave a review. Because here's what happens is. <laughs> There are people in the world, okay, like, let's say... There are you, people in the world, fact. Okay, so <laughs> this is a factual show. We're already off to a good start. Okay, now, that, say, for example, there's a young lady out there. Right. There's young ladies everywhere. And what happens is she listens to this podcast, and you know what she says? This podcast is the bee's knees, man. Yeah. Right. This, is, this is the happening stuff right here. They get to the issues, and it's awesome. Yeah. Okay, now, out there... Is a guy, handsome, good looking, loves Jesus, right? Wants to have babies, right? right. Okay, how are these two going to get together? How indeed? There's no way, basically. Yeah. So what you have a to problem do problem that has plagued man for generations, which is weird, right? So what you have to do is tell everybody in the whole universe that you love the podcast, and then what are you going to do? You're going to find your true love, right? Who also listens to the podcast and says, "You mean you're say that." Super fan too, right? Right. And then basically, babies. Look, I don't have a degree in in maths, as they say, but that sounds airtight. That yeah. Calculation. Yeah. yeah. Well, look, this is this is how I'm feeling, man. You right. know, so I just I just want I want to spread the love, right? Because you know we're looking at Mike and Nicole. And, Indeed. you know, we're so pumped for them. And, guys, right. seriously, sure. if you're listening, congratulations. We're super yeah, happy. Super awesome. For real, real. We really are. Um, but you know what? We want other people to have that joy. Right. We want other people just to have that magic right. in their lives. And, you know, some people, like, they're not good at talking. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Yeah. I yeah. mean, you know, it's you know, it's a thing. What I'm saying is, you know, we've got, we've had from time to time, we've had say that paraphernalia. That you could wear on your person. Now, as I understand right. it, in some states, uh, say that paraphernalia is a misdemeanor. It is possession of. <laughs> it is not Colorado, luckily, but certainly not in Colorado. And see, that's why the marriage already occurred in Colorado. <laughs> right, right, right. They weren't well, being reined in state legislature by the man. By the man. But we got this. You the know, say-, say that's a failure. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> We got this say that gear. Right. So even if you're not good at the talking, you can still let the ladies know what's up. Right. You can still I mean we got the t shirts, we got the bracelets, we got the ski caps. Jed, we've done our part. We've done our part. What more can we do? 
But here's the one thing. Here's yeah. the thing, and I'm hoping. I mean, maybe Matt can help us out with this. You can't buy that gear in stores, baby. No, no, no. It's, it's illegal. It's it's exclusive. Hold us down. It's been red so, flagged. So it has been red flagged. Right. So, but we want to spread the runs love. Target. <laughs> <laughs> we want to spread the love because we want people we want more mike and nicole's right we want more people just getting together having just happiness and togetherness and love and babies we, we just want to see that happen matt how can the people how could they hope to get a hold of that kind of high octane gear so they could have love in their lives well jad i'm glad you asked that a completely spontaneous and not at all leading question i just so happen to have an answer as it turns out we've got a couple of ways one, of course, is you can leave. What can they leave, Glenn? Leave a review! You can leave a review. <laughs> if you leave it on our newest podcast, The Please Bridge Loud, check The Bridge Loud on iTunes. It's, it's just a young up-and-coming podcast. It could use your reviews. Make a, get a review, screenshot it, send that to me, madamissionusa.com. We'll give you your choice to say that gear. We got T-shirts. We got beanies. We got, uh, what do we got, the wristbands. Yep. If you like the uh, the loud music or any of the other kind of music you hear on some of our stuff, we'll make you a little digital download pack. That's all doable. Or, of course, you can always sign up for Bridgebox. Ooh, that's a good option. That's our oh. monthly subscription service. You get lots of music, sermons, videos, Bible studies, devotionals, lots of neat stuff for only $8 a month. And that $8 goes to fund the ministry we're doing right here in Chicago on the front lines. You get ministered to, you fund ministry, and if you sign up, let me know what you want. Hit me that that address, madamusicusa.com. Any one piece of merch you want, it's yours. Boom. Or if you want to get something real special, okay. I'm talking a real limited run piece, you can sign up for the Lee Younger Bridge box. Oh, missionusa.com slash BBLY. It's the same $8. You get a brand new song from Lee, of making of video, and a bunch of stuff he has procured from previous bridge boxes, all that same kind of stuff for $8 a month. And you'll get the brand new, soft, hand designed, Lovely Lee Younger free T-shirt. I've got one. It's it's. I'm gonna, not gonna lie, folks. It's gotten warm here in Chicago. It's a lovely full cotton blend. It's breathable. It's Whoa. light. It's made its way very high into the rotation. Okay, almost right. disturbingly high into the rotation. Like I may need to get another one at this point. It's okay. kind of gross. Okay. but you'll take better care of it than I did. <laughs> well, that's the, the only thing, thing on that is that Jed just got way more interested in that T-shirt. I did. I mean, thanks for thanks for bringing that back, Lee. <laughs> Lord knows that may have gone unnoticed. I'm glad we're pro- I'm glad we're plugging your product while you see fit to bring creepiness into it. That's important. MissionUSA.com/slash/bridgebox or MissionUSA.com/slash/bboy. Here's the thing: if you're all if you already subscribed to one and you want to get the other, we got the special secret combo pack. M- email me Matt at MissionUSA.com for the super secret link. Get both of those for only twelve dollars and. Whichever one you sign up for, we'll give you a piece of merch from that one, too. All sorts of ways to get your stuff out there, to get awesome stuff coming in, to fund ministry, and to get your love life going. Oh, yeah. yeah. Here's Just to, as we are closing this this out, now that you're done with all that capitalism, is we're going to have to, we're gonna have to uh, clear our schedule. I'm sched- never done with capitalism. <laughs> we're going to have to clear our schedules out because here's what I know. Like, for example... Super fans David and Lauren are getting married pretty soon here out in the Carolinas. And my assumption is that all four of us will be giving the wedding homily in, in turn. In the round. You know, we would just, you know, each go like we do on the podcast. Sure. Right, sure. And like, so I got to, I got to reserve, you know, that. So I get to do that, you know, that is we'll bring our specialness to that. Right. So. I, I don't. I don't think that's actually. I think they've made other plans on that, bro. 
No, I mean, I, I mean, I just assume that that would well, be the ultimate, you know. To give you folks a little peek behind the curtain, in classic Glenn fashion, they offered. He doesn't want to do it. He turned it down. <laughs> yet he's still going to find a way to be offended <laughs> Make it, that it's not being offered. Them. Yeah. Glenn does not want to do your wedding, folks. Can't say that enough. Glenn has been in ministry for 25 years and has intentionally never gotten ordained by anyone for the express purpose of not being able to do your wedding. That's that's actually true. (laughs) But he will still be offended if you don't invite him. That's all. Yeah. On that basis, I declare emergency off very quickly. (laughs) Well, that's good stuff. All the, all the Bridgebox stuff, we'll give you those addresses again at the end. And if you have a question for us, we'll give you at the end some ways to get in contact with us. All right, we're going to jump to our first question right here. This came in anonymously to Glenn's blog. Hmm. That would be UncleGlenn.com. As we understand, it's very popular. I've heard that. This person goes on to say, so I'm crushing on this girl. I'm assuming that's the vernacular the kids use, and he doesn't mean physically pressing on her. Yeah, you don't want to do that. Okay. Let's assume. So I'm crushing on this girl that I met while volunteering at church this semester. After getting to know her a little better, I called her on the phone and asked her on a date. She said yes and seemed excited. But we both had busy schedules that week and couldn't find a time that worked for either of us. Rain check for the next week. Waited until then. Called her. No answer. Sent a couple of texts back and forth the next day, but it didn't really go anywhere and just seemed different. I feel like I've expressed my interest and don't want to come across as too pushy or that I'm rushing. So I've backed off since then and we haven't really talked in a couple of weeks. Is there something I can do better here? I like her and I want to give her the best chance of this turning into something. Added obstacle. We're both going to be out of town, the country, for a good chunk of at the end of the summer on separate mission trips. And I could be moving soon. Glenn, why don't you start us off? Yeah, I think uh, what we're really looking at here is uh, a bit of what the kids call DTR. Would you care to fill that out for us? Well, I I will for those of you like Matt who don't know. That means define the relationship. That's just one of the hip things I know because I list, you know, I'm, 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 you know, down with the youth culture. Sure. See, early in the show where he used the phrase bees knees to say <laughs> I, something is good. When it comes to the youth of today, I speak their jive language quite well. <laughs> yes. Hey, you have cats. <laughs> uh, so uh, the, the, define the relationship. And here's the thing is, I think um, there's a tendency to look at this in sort of a negative context. We've had a bit of a communication breakdown. Uh, crossed signals here, you know, sort of uh, uh, communication is, is uh, you know, unclear as to where we are all at. And the, the, the tendency is to think of that as, an, as a negative thing, to think of that as something where we're kind of worried about uh, what sort of signals we're sending or whatever. And there's a lot of trying to read nuance and, you know, uh, different attitudes out of phone calls or a lack of phone calls and all that kind of stuff. I think we're way better off talking all that stuff out and making that clear. Clear communication is what makes relationships healthy. Yeah. You don't really realize that when you're getting into them or when you're when you're outside of them trying to get to a place of dating. You think, well, the best thing is I meet someone who's perfect for me and then I'll be perfect for them and then we'll get together and we'll have a perfect relationship and then it'll all be great. Uh, that doesn't exist in life. That's so how it works in all those Katherine Heigl movies. Yeah, exactly right. What we have to do is to recognize um, all, uh, communication is what allows all these uh, relationships to work. So uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with saying let's define the relationship from the standpoint of everyone's going to be happier once it's defined, re- regardless of 
where we're at. We're, we'll feel better if we just come clean and everyone say how they feel. And if you could start that precedent from the beginning, why not? Um, uh, you talk about you know how you want to come off. And again, I think that's a mentality of I'm going to sort of stage things a certain way, uh, uh, explain things a certain with a tone or do things with calling and not calling and whatever. And again, th this is uh, trying to sort of create a persona or something like this or trying to read the tea leaves on what's going on with this relationship. None of that really ever works. Um, if you don't want to come off as pushy, call her up on the phone and say, you know, to be honest with you, part of me feels like I'm being a little pushy here. Uh, but the truth is I'm crazy about you. I think we'd, we'd be great together. And it seems like we're having a little bit of problems hooking this thing up. Yeah. And so the thing is I'm willing to put in the work to figure it out. I, I don't, I don't mind making the multiple phone calls uh, and you can feel free to blow me off. If you're having a terrible week saying, I have a, t tell me I have, did you're having a terrible week and I'll, I'll give you your space and whatever. Um, so you won't, you won't offend me going that direction. I just want to make sure we're on the same page and that everybody's feeling the same way and all that kind of stuff. It's not an insecurity thing. It's just a thing where you're saying, uh, I want to know where we're at. And I think that's a, that's a positive. So I don't, I don't think you should take a negative or worrisome attitude into that last thing I'll say, and I'll kick it around to these other guys, good relationships are all about teamwork. And I think you want to have that with this from the beginning. There's a very good chance you asked her out. She says, yes. And then later she starts thinking about it and say, well, I don't know. And what the thing is. And, and my youth pastor said, if it's, if I, do I love Jesus enough and who comes first and what's going to happen and, and physical relationships and issues and, and temptation and what, and you can get freaked out just thinking about it. So I think if it's something like that or some concern that you're not aware of, I think you want to be able to get her on the phone and say, Here's the thing. Let's, whatever it is, let's talk about it together. Yeah. Let's both pull on the same end of the rope here. Let's both figure out how do we work together to solve this problem. Uh, you know, maybe that means we don't date right now because you're not ready. Maybe that means um, that uh, you had a concern that I could address or, or we could work together to figure out. But when you problem solve together, that's going to glue this relationship together like nothing else. Uh, a lot of people feel like the best thing they could do is find a dating relationship that has no problems in it at all. Yeah. <laughs> and that actually isn't and avoiding problems is bad. It's bad for relationships. But actually, it's actually good when and if you do have problems to, to ha face those challenges and find ways of solving those problems together. That actually improves the state of that relationship. Uh, and you learn that you get stronger the more challenges come your way. And you learn how to encourage one another in the Lord and to grow in the Lord as a result of those challenges and the teamwork that you put on it together. So uh, I, I I want you to, to try and take a more positive look at this and realize there's some positive possibilities. Absolutely, Jed. Oh, that's right on, man. Uh, to build on that, I, I think you want to give yourself permission, both in the dating stage and in the marriage stage, to not worry too much about what it looks like as long as it's achieving the goals. So when you say with a date, What's the point of a date? The point of a date is to spend time together and get to know each other better. That's the point of the date. Now, if you ask most people, what's a date? Well, you got dinner at seven o'clock and you pick her up and then, you know, you do that and then you go to the movie and then you walk her back to the thing. That 
none of that's necessary. That that actually doesn't have to to be a part of it at all. One of my first dates with the gal that I'm married to now, um, you know, we wanted to hang out together. I said, well, look. Um, it was fall in Chicago. Actually, it was winter in Chicago, and, and I desperately needed some winter clothes. And I said, I, I'm sure this doesn't sound like much, but I need to go to the mall and get a jacket. Um, uh, I have a, a gift card to a store. I'd love it if you'd go with me and be my fashion advisor. You know, help me find the jacket. Awesome. It was great. I mean, yeah. we had fun. We caught up. You know, we, we laughed and talked for hours. It was lovely. Now, if you ask most people, is that a date? Well, it doesn't really look a lot like a date. It doesn't, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, the official dating guide does not recognize this activity. Mm-hmm. But we, but it achieved all the goals of a date. We were right. together. Mm-hmm. We had fun. We got to know each other better. We got to, you know, cut up and tell some jokes and enjoy each other. So it was beautiful. It was lovely. The truth is you'll have way more fun and way more success if both in your dating life and then eventually in your life as an engaged couple and someday as a married couple, if you'll throw out what it needs to look like and instead focus on what it needs to do and adapt that to your situation. The point of dating right now is to spend time together, have fun, and get to know each other. That can happen in the morning. You can go get a late breakfast together. That can happen at noon. You can go get lunch together. That can literally happen any hour of the day. It doesn't have to involve um, spending any money. It doesn't have to involve you know you picking her up or her picking you up. It can be anything as long as the two of you are together and you're having fun and you're getting to know each other better. I would guess, part of why I bring this up is you said, you know, we both just had super busy weeks. Well, this is the thing. You had to eat lunch at some point right, during right, that busy right, week. Right. Um, it's no, it, There's no problem at all say, look, I'd really like, because I'm crazy about you, I'd like to take you out to the French bistro, you know, with the finest veal in the Le city. Le pantalon fancy. <laughs> exactly right. I'd like to do that. It's looking like that's not going to happen for, for either of us this week. Can I just buy you lunch? You know, um, you know, let's meet up at, you know, the, the sandwich shop, you know, and, and just get a buck. Because I just want to hang out with you. I just want to, you know, sit down, I guess, to know each other better. That's a beautiful date. That's that's as right. datey as it gets. And the thing is, you'll enjoy that. Um, if it's the right person, she'll enjoy that. And it's all to the good. It all moves forward. The more you give yourself permission to focus on what's the goal here and let's adapt what we're doing to meet that goal rather than worrying how it looks at, the better everything will go and the more fun you'll have. Absolutely, Lee. Well, I love what these guys are saying here, and and you know, I I definitely think that you know the goal on here is 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 not to uh, is you know is not to back away so far that you just let's see if anything just magically happens, but to communicate and all that stuff. And the only thing that I would really add onto this is is there any way that you can find yourself? Uh, find a place for you to fit in the schedule that she's already got. Like, is there anything that she's into that you just can say, I'm just going to make that my interest. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there at that thing. Um, I mean, maybe she's in a gym and she has a gym class and you're like, you know what? I'm, I, I want to come hang out with you around this gym class. You love doing this thing. I'm going to do this thing too, just so that we get a chance to hang out. Just putting yourself in a situation where, um, I know that you're into this, and I'm going to be a part of this too, just because I want to be around you. We haven't been able to make it work out schedule wise, so I'm just going to show interest in the things that you're interested in. It's one of the things that um, that 
this is actually a thing that kind of works in a lot of ministry situations too, um, where you just, when you're trying to earn the right to be heard with people, when you're trying to minister to people, that one of the things that you do, you can't always get, you know, just, Hey, I want to minister to you now. So let's, let's find two hours in the week where you don't have anything to do. And we can just talk about all of your problems. That's usually not the way that kind of thing starts. What we usually do in, you know, and especially in youth ministry, outreach kind of stuff is you go find out, you know, you find out what they're into and you care about that stuff. You hang out there. If they play soccer, you go to soccer games. And if they, you know, whatever it is, you kind of get involved in that thing. I mean, it, it's, you know, some of, some of my, some of the people that minister to me most in my life are people that at one time or another, they just, maybe asked me about or showed interest in something that I was interested in just to spend time with me. And uh, it's, it's something that as my kids get older, that I find myself doing more and more, you know, sitting down to, to hear them talk about some show that they're interested in that I don't really, otherwise I wouldn't care anything about. Yeah. But, you know, to, to basically to say, I, I'm going to be interested in this thing um, because you are. And what I, what, you know, if we can't make our schedules work out, what I'm going to do is I'm going to magically appear into your schedule by caring about the stuff that you like. And, um, and, and, and all of a sudden we get a chance to hang out. It's, it's one of the ways that you show somebody you care about them. It's one of the ways that you earn the right to be heard. I had a person recently within the past uh, year or so that I was in a counseling situation with and... <clears throat> And there was a TV show that this person really, really loved. And I, you know, our counseling sessions were so, they, they were really, really deep and a lot of difficult conversations, working through a lot of really, really heavy stuff. And yet I knew that this person really loved this one TV show. And one of the things that I realized in this was we're having all these really, really deep conversations all the time in this, in this counseling situation. We need something really light that we can just talk about and laugh about. So I decided, even though I don't have any interest in it whatsoever, I'm going to become a super fan of this TV show. That's happening. And so I just started at an episode and watched every episode of this TV show and just got into it, just to be close to this person, just to have something to talk about and as a way to say, I'm entering into your world. And that's another thing that you can do to kind of kickstart this thing and see where it goes is, uh, care about the things they care about. Basically, do kind of an outreach maneuver and see where it goes. That's a great point. One thing I'll tack on the end here is uh, just something all these guys have kind of said, just to put it more bluntly. Um, the answer is having a very clear conversation. And one of the weird messages you get about kind of dating, be it from other people giving advice or media or whatever, is that idea of, you know, you got to come at it just the right angle. As, as Lee was saying, that's also something you kind of people get wrong about ministry is you got to do the recon and set it up. And it's just you got to do it just so at the end of what we're talking about is you got to put all your cards on the table so you can just start there. Yeah, Like yeah. Glenn was just saying, you could just say, hey, really into you. What does this need to be? Is this a are, are you not feeling the same way? That's cool. Is it a timing thing? Like Jed said, we have to figure out the timing. Like Lee said, is it just something where we can figure out activity? But if you start from just cards on the table, not in a creepy way. You know, I say, I've already got a Pinterest board about what our wedding will be like, <laughs> which is super creepy, especially coming from a guy. But you just say, hey, I'm here's where I'm at. I'm interested. I want to get to know you better. What can we do to make that happen? It, everything will just run a lot smoother. As 
as uh, Jed, I believe, was saying, it may not feel like it's super suave and it may not look romantic and whatever, but that's that's the right thing to do. Yeah. All right, we're going to move on to our next question here. It came in anonymously to our Tumblr inbox. It says, greed is one of the seven deadly sins and most can agree that greed is bad. However, human greed is the driving force behind capitalism, <laughs> thus prompting some people to say that greed is good, especially when it involves business and finance and the overall economic growth and stability of our nation. I'm very angry at you for making me say that sentence, person who wrote <laughs> in. What are your thoughts on this? Jed, can you kick us off? Yeah, I can. Um, uh, one thing to be clear about is I'm not an economist. Um, you know, I'm not uh, trained in economics, so anything I say about it, you should take with a huge grain of salt. Uh, what I can tell you, though, is that greed and incentive are not the same thing. Yes. Um, in, incentive is the driving force behind capitalism. Um, yes. The, the idea being that um, people do something because there's something in it for them. You know, you show up for your job at the lumber yard because at the end of your shift, they're going to hand you money. Uh, if they weren't going to hand you money, you actually would not show up and haul logs around. That's the incentive is the money they're going to pay you. Um, and that uh, actually, you know, you know, Western economies, you know, capitalism doesn't exist without some form of incentive. That's that's true. But that's very different from greed. Um, greed is about saying I need there to be ever bigger and bigger incentives without any form of limit. And in fact, the truth is that. Greed is a threat to economic stability. Hello. Greed, greed consistently throughout human history has led to the downfall of economies. It it doesn't um, it doesn't uh, propel them forward. Now, here's why people are trying to convince you that greed is good, and this leads into the second part of the answer. they really like Wall Street. They really like a movie called Wall Street, which they did not understand when they saw it. Um, <laughs> But they want to keep everything they have. That's why they're trying to convince you that greed is good. Um, what, what they want you to believe is, well, see, I've worked for what I have. Therefore, it's mine. Therefore, it's right for me to have it and keep it and do whatever I want with it, no matter how much it is. Whether it's $100 or $100 billion, it's mine's, and no one should be able to say boo about that. That's why they're trying to convince you that, that greed is good. Here's the thing about that. That's not Christianity. Um, that's not a Christian attitude about money. Um, he, the Bible actually says the polar opposite of that. This is Psalm uh, chapter 24, verse 1 uh, of David, a psalm. The earth is the Lord's oh. and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Now, the takeaway on that is that no matter how much you have, again, whether it's $100 or $100 billion, all of it belongs to God. Yes. Whether you got it by working hard at the lumber yard or being born to a wealthy family and inheriting it makes no difference. As a Christian, the spiritual reality is everything you own belongs to God. Right. All of it. The question off of that is, what does he want me to do with it? And that, my friend, is the thing that everyone you know is afraid of asking. That's, that's the reason they're trying to convince you that greed is good, because they really don't want to have to get on their knees and ask Jesus what he wants them to do with their finances. Mm -hmm. They're afraid, of course, that he would tell them to give all of it away uh, and not have it anymore. And uh, he might tell some of them that, but he might not. The important thing is they're not asking, because uh, they're afraid of what the answer would be. Let's talk about you for a second. The most righteous thing that you can do with money is to do what the kid at the feeding of the 5,000 did. Go to the Lord and say, here's what I got. It's yours. Yeah. What do you want me to do with it? 
Um, God can take anything. He can take a sack lunch and change the world with it. Um, if we're willing to let him do that. I think the fact that you're willing to write this question and be thinking deeply about this means you're already pointed in the right direction. Um, one of the big mistakes that we can make is assuming, well, someday when I um, get to a certain place, then I'll try and, and do something with my finances. There's actually a financial program that's very popular in churches today that teaches you to do exactly that. You know, first, get your house in order, and then later on down the road, go and try and do something good with that money. But that's actually not the Christian approach to money. The Christian approach to money is to go to God right now today and say, I got two nickels to rub together. What do you want me to do with it? Mm -hmm. This is your resource. What do you want me to do with it? But if we want to be super Christian, if we want to be hardcore, if we want to go all the way with it, the most holy thing we can do is to do that with every resource we have with our time, mm -hmm. with our talent, with our attention, with everything, go to the Lord and say, here's what I have, here's my life, here's every part of me, what do you want me to do with it? Now, that sounds like the really hardcore right answer because it's what you don't want to do. That sounds like the thing that's extreme. You got to go to China. Exactly. I'm going to make you miserable. And <laughs> and so off that, we're not sure how we feel it. But I'm going to tell you a secret uh, as a person who's a little bit on the other side of that. God's answer to that question is going to be the most fun you've ever had in your right. entire life. Yep. When you go to the Lord and say, here's my money, here's my time, here's my intellect, here's my abilities, here's my talents, here's my good looks, here's my predilections – all of it is yours. What do you want me to do with it? Thus will begin a great adventure that you will never regret going on. The saddest thing in the world is to, well, to gain the whole world and lose your soul. All of us on this podcast through various means know people who are very, very, very profoundly wealthy. Right. Um, people who are multi, multi, multi millionaires. I don't know a single one who's happy. No. I don't know a single one that enjoys their life. I don't know a single one that likes getting out of bed in the morning. Um, in fact, I was talking with a very dear friend of mine about a person recently who is um, as successful as you can be in the financial world who has a crippling anxiety disorder mm. in their life. Um, that's, you know, that's where life has taken them and certainly will lift them up in our prayers. But I say that to say money cannot give you the things that you want. It cannot give you satisfaction. It cannot give you peace. It cannot give you contentment. But if you will say to God, here's what I have. All of it is yours. What do you want me to do? You will have satisfaction. You will have peace. You will have contentment. You'll have ups and downs. There will be challenges. There will be things that seem crazy and dangerous. But you will have the adventure and the joy and the excitement that everyone else in the world is running after and not finding. And you can have that starting today. Absolutely right, Lee. Well, that was an awesome answer. And, and uh you know the kind of building on that or going going to a, or looking at this from a different side the the one thing i can say for myself on this is uh i know how it feels to be greedy yes um, sir uh, i i i know how that feels to look around at the stuff people have and to be jealous of them and to be envious and to want those things and to want them real bad um <laughs> I know how all that feels. Um, and my, my guess is that when you bring this up and say greed is one of the seven deadly sins, that you're saying that kind of with your your eyes are pinched closed and your, your teeth are together and you're kind of saying, is he going to smite me any moment if I felt greedy this week? And is, is Am I about to be ended? And the thing I can tell you on that is 
if there's anybody who says that they've never been greedy, um, yet just, you know, don't listen to anything else they say either. We all, if we're honest, know how this feels. Um, God isn't going to smite you. Everybody, everybody, uh, you know, wants stuff they don't have. Um, and, and I'm, I'm not an exception. None of the guys on this show are an exception to that. We all know how that feels. The thing that I can tell you is that, that Jed's exactly right. When you get to a place where you trust the Lord enough to say, I want to know what you want me to do with my stuff, a, a couple things that are going to happen that will be surprising. I mean, Jed's right. When, when you do that, it, it is going to be the, the adventure of a lifetime. It's going to be more fun than you've ever had. The other thing that's going to happen that's going to surprise you is if you tell the Lord, my money is yours and you can have it. What you, what do you want me to do with it? You'll be surprised how much he lets you keep for yourself. And you'll be surprised how much he wants you to have fun in your life. You'll be surprised how much cool stuff he says, I want you to go do this and go do that. I'm cool with you having this. I'm cool with you doing this. You'll be surprised with how cool he is. Number one, the other thing on that I can tell you is there, you know, just in the purest sense of what this word means, there are things that the more you give your life to the Lord, it's great to be super greedy about. Um, it's it's great to be super greedy about wanting that, uh, you know, when you, when you are giving your life to the Lord and he's got you in this ministry situation and it's what you've been called to do and it's what you've been trained to do and you do this thing and, the, and the, all the pieces come together and you're lighting up this ministry and everything and that feeling that you get from that and you say, I want that even more and more and more and more. I want, I want to get connected in this and I want to help people in this thing and I want to do that thing all the way out. That is a great thing. And he wants you to feel that. He wants you to want more and more and more of that. Some of these things that are associated with this feeling can be turned in the right direction in ways that are so cool. So cool. And that's the whole thing is finding out what is, you know, number one, the Lord is not going to crush me if I, from time to time, feel these feelings. But two, if I do give myself over to the Lord in the way that Jed's talking about, finding out how cool the Lord is with me, uh, you know, from time to time, having things for myself just to enjoy. And the other thing is when I am in, when I am like in step with the spirit, doing the thing that he made me to do, how, how much he is cool with me being super greedy about getting more and more and more of that thing, that thing that he made me for that thing that, that, uh, that, that I alone was made to do in this way, in this place. And, and all of you who are listening to this have that you have the thing that God made for you to do. And there's a life that he wants for you and a ministry that he has for you, people that he wants you to help. And he wants you to be super greedy for all the resources coming from him to, to, to get that thing done and to put yourself out there and to get involved in, in building his kingdom in only the way that you can. And that's a good thing. And you can start it right now. Amen. Amen. Glenn? Oh, ditto. Everything's been said before. They, they actually were stealing my points on that stuff. And I, I certainly agree with it. Uh, let me pull the focus back and give us a bigger picture of you of this thing. Let's say you came to me and I, I said to you, give me a list of everything you want. Everything you want. Clothes, um, you know, a, a car, uh, you know, any kind of possession, you name it. And you pile it all up. What are the things that you want? And you made a list of all those things and you drew up the amount that all those things cost. 
What I would like to tell you about that list and that amount is this. That list would be shorter than you think it would be, mm-hmm. and that amount would be way smaller than you think it would be. Wow. Now, if I came to you beyond that and said, I want you to now get into the super crazy indulgent, just go nuts, whatever it is you want. You want a home in the south of France. You want a yacht. You want whatever it is. The full Kanye. Yeah. Pile that up. <laughs> Even that would cost a lot less than you might guess. You know, when you when you see some of the 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 you know the the things that these uh, super wealthy people have, and you'd you'd realize that those things cost money. They you know they they lose money. You have to pay property taxes or whatever, whatever. So uh, it's at some point that would that would level off and say, I don't need five homes. I can have. Two homes, one for when it's hot, one for when it's cold, something like that. And I don't need 50 rooms because that's just weird. I just want a big, nice house here and a big, nice house there. And you would be surprised to find out, really, that's not a crazy huge expense. I mean, you know, it's not impossible, large, huge amounts of money. But now imagine I came to you and I said, I'll pay for all that. I pay for everything you want plus a nice summer home and a nice winter home and whatever car you want to drive and vacation anywhere you want, it's all paid for. If I, What if I said that? And then I said, on top of that, I'm going to give you $10 million. What would that $10 million mean to you? Mm. Uh, the answer, uh, if you, you, I'll give you a chance to think about it on your own. You can pause the podcast and think about it. The answer you'll come to is that $10 million won't mean anything. Because you don't want anything with it. It's completely of no value at all. It may it, it, it means something when you want something and you can't get it. But once you've got it, it means nothing. Having it is meaningless. And what's worse is that other people will be... Uh, will treat you different based on having all these things. They won't sympathize with your pains. They, hey, uh, must be, oh, you must really be suffering. I bet you probably dry your eyes with $100 bills every time you cry. Woo, woo, woo. <laughs> no, people don't sympathize with rich people. And everyone's trying to get money away from rich people. Suddenly all these people that you think you knew and love and trusted, they're all trying to get something from you. What you will discover if I gave you $10 million more than everything you could possibly ever want to buy is this, that having money and paying bills is a blessing. And it's a blessing we wish everyone on this podcast will have. But being rich is a curse. And that's what would happen. If you got that money, you'd realize this is the stuff that people scratch and claw and hustle to try and get a hold of. And I've got it coming out of my ears and it hasn't solved a single problem I've got. It still is killing me and driving me nuts that I, I want love in the world. I want to have connections with people. I want to have a deeper relationship with God and all those kind of things. I've paid up my student loans, but uh, you know, it's amazing how small that problem looks when it's in the rearview mirror and it's already solved compared to the big problems that all of us struggle with. But here's what I want to tell you about a rich person, and here's what I want to tell you uh, about uh, greed within rich people. Those are the people where you give them the $10 million and they are doing everything they can to hold on to that $10 million. 
it's at no value to them. It's not going to, it's not, it's money they can't spend. It's that much. I mean, we know rich people who have money they won't be able to spend. If they spend it as hard and as fast as they could possibly imagine it, it's still gaining enough interest they can't outstrip it. Their grandchildren will have problems spending the last of this money, but they're still holding on to it and they're still trying to get more. This is a process of trying to uh, get more and wanting more than you can use. And I want us to really all think about that. And Lee was really accurately illustrating how all of us can get into a greedy mindset. All of us can get in an envious mindset over things. Uh, but there is something fundamentally sick about saying, I don't have a use for it, but I want it. Yeah. And I don't want you to have it. I want it. It's mine. And I have it and I'll hoard it and I'll keep it and it'll be my little precious and no one will have it and so on and so forth. That's a fundamentally sick thing. Now, yeah, uh, as, as, as Jed has rightly pointed out, uh, 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 economics uh, is driven by slightly different forces than what you've heard. And uh, I agree with him. I'm not an economist. But here's what I want to tell you about the economy. We have a saying in Texas, don't ask a barber if you need a haircut. Yep. <laughs> uh, and here's, here's how that applies to this situation. If you ask a, a, a member of one political party, what should we do with the money? They're going to tell you what uh, furthers their agenda. If you ask another political party, they're going to tell you what furthers their agenda. You still haven't heard the truth. You've been spun two different directions. And by the way, the truth doesn't necessarily lie anywhere in between those two sure. things. That if you want to understand economics and what drives economic forces, you need to uh, investigate that for yourself. You need to learn that for yourself. Uh, because I think um, uh, it sounds like you're a little bit dubious about advice that you've heard that you sense is coming from sort of a, a prejudicial place. And that's a good instinct for you to have and, and hold on to. When I talk to, to people who are rich, as in super rich, they'll often tell me about money in a way that sounds a little funny and you start asking questions because they know and i don't you know you're the economy person i'm not uh but the more you talk the more you realize this person is this isn't a well thought out thing this is just what they want to be true uh, because they've got sort of a, a sickness in this area if you sense that i think uh, uh, uh recognize that there isn't a deeper truth to that and, and reject it that's absolutely a great point. I'm going to put in a couple of real quick things in the end here. A lot of good stuff you heard so far. One, this is just a little trivia thing that we were, we were talking about a little bit this before the show. As a matter of fact, the seven deadly sins are not in the Bible. Right. They're all. It's a good guideline. It's a good yeah. thing to go by. But just for future reference, um, that's not actually in the Bible. I point that out as someone who uh, didn't grow up in church and really went an embarrassingly long, long time thinking that was so. Um, it sounds like one of those things that would be tucked away in Leviticus. It's not. However, <laughs> this is in the Bible. I'll read you this real quick. This is from Mark chapter 7, starting in verse 20. He went on, that was Jesus. Jesus says, What comes out of a person is what defiles them, for it is from within, out of a person's heart, that evil thoughts come. Sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly— all these evils come from inside and defile a person. Now, a little bit I want to tack just real quick on what the end of Glenn was saying there. It's very interesting to look at that list and trying to imagine some a Christian person trying to justify any of the other one of those on the other things in that list as it's got some upside. 
Sure. You know, a lot of people say that murder's bad, but it kind of drives the economy in a lot of ways. (laughs) It's a real job creator. Sure. You know, those people worked real hard for that murder, and I don't know that you should be, like, taking it from them. You got a thing here where the bottom line is, we've we've said this a little bit, and I'm going to say it very bluntly, Um, people who write Christian books and um, are Christian celebrities exist on the whims of very rich um, white people, quite frankly. Rich white males, to be fair, because that's kind of who runs things in America. So if you want to be a Christian celebrity and sell Christian books and uh, have the Christian radio show, you can't say anything that's going to tweak those people out. And maybe, as Joe was pointing out earlier, maybe Jesus wants you to give your money to someone who's not you really tweaks those people out. So you're not going to hear a lot of sermons in a suburban church about the evils of greed. Now, Jesus, on the other hand, (laughs) is unequivocal that greed is bad yeah so whenever we are whenever someone's trying to negotiate with something like that clearly for their own kind of uh rationalizing their own otherwise thought process that's a real issue and something we want to look at and uh again not that you're doing that you asked the question that's the right thing to do but as glenn said whenever someone's trying to spin something as if it is as if their own feelings about something are on par with the Bible because communism? I don't exactly know why. That's something we just want to be aware of. All right, we're going to jump to our last question here. Came in an honest way Tumblr. It says, Hi, guys. I get a lot of negative comments about my body and have done my whole life. I'm an adult now and would like to be able to move past the tears and anger I usually have afterwards. I don't want these randos to have this kind of power in my life. Can I get to a place where these comments won't bother me as much? How do I get there? I want to learn to see myself the way God sees me, but I'm having a hard time. Lee, can you kick us off? Yeah, absolutely. Um, thank you so much for writing this question and for being uh, so vulnerable about a, a painful situation. And uh, we we love you. We care about you. And we're we're sorry you're going through a rough time. I, I've been thinking a lot about this question, how to go, you know, at it, and you know, as far as answering it. And you know, there's there's all the uh, the kind of usual stuff that you would say to a person on, you know, about the way that God sees you and God made you the way that he made you on purpose because he likes you that way. And all that stuff's true. My guess is, is that you've heard all that before and it's not moving the needle. And, um, and so I've been trying to think about a different approach to this thing. And, and this is going to be kind of, this is going to be kind of a bird walk, but I, I want you to follow me on this. And what I want you to do is, um, I want you to think of something in your life that you love that other people don't necessarily like. Some people do like it. Some people don't. Some people have real strong opinions about it. They hate it. They think it's stupid. But you don't care. You don't care what they think about it. You just love it. This thing gives you joy. Let me give you an example of something from um, something from my. I have a ten-year-old daughter, and uh, I guess like last Thanksgiving is when the the Disney animated movie Frozen came out, and so we took all the kids to go see. Uh, frozen in the theaters. And of course it's now it's this, it's a huge mega popular thing. The, the song, let it go won an Oscar and all that kind of stuff. And, and our 10 year old daughter loves this song so much. And she would just sing it in the, you know, everywhere all the time. She's always singing the song. Every time the song came on, she classified it as her song and she sang it. And I remember a couple months after it won, or a couple days after it won the Oscar, there was this like, there was this huge conversation that I saw on Twitter with all these like um, Christian songwriters 
<laughs> about how bad this song is because it promotes, you know, what is it promotes all this like, uh, you know, like this selfishness and all this kind of stuff. And uh, number one, I was reading this little Twitter conversation going, relax, guys. It's a Disney song. Everybody take a knee, chill out a little bit. But one of the things that I thought about was if I told my daughter, you know, um, a bunch of these big famous, uh, you know, songwriters think that this is a, this is a bad song because of the, the message of it or whatever, she would say, oh, I don't care. Um, I love that song. I, and, and every time it comes on, it makes me happy. And I love to sing it. And it's like, well, good. You should love it. And it should make you happy. And you should love to sing it. So what I want to do is like, I want you to imagine something like that. Something like that in your life that you just love. You don't care what anybody else thinks about it. Why is that? Why do you love that thing? What do you love about it? What does it do for you? What, how does it make you feel? Maybe it's a movie or maybe it's a, a certain artist. I remember one time, uh, uh, Matt and I were actually talking one time about how sometimes if you mention uh, you know, uh, an artist like Taylor Swift, everybody in the room will be really quick to say, I hate Taylor Swift, you know, just to make sure everybody realizes how cool they are. And, and one time, uh, Matt said this really cool thing, which was, I want you to imagine a room where there's three people, one person who's making something, another person in the room who, uh, you know, pays for and enjoys that thing that that person's making. And then the third person in the room who's saying, uh, you both suck. You know, it's like, who's the jerk in this room? It's like the person just pointing and saying that everybody sucks. It's like this person's making something. The other person really enjoys it. That's great. Everybody just leave them alone. What's, what's the problem here? There's things in your life that you love, no matter, and you don't care what anybody else thinks about it. Now, the question is, how do we get to the place where you feel the same way about who you are in such a way that you look at yourself and you, you realize, I am the person that God made me. God made me this way on purpose. He likes this about me. And you know what? I don't care what anybody else says about it. I don't care what anybody else thinks about it. The truth about this situation, and this is something that I don't know how to convince you of, but it is true, is that most of the time when people make offhand comments about somebody else or about some other music or about some TV show or whatever, they don't really care. They don't, they haven't really thought it out. They don't, it doesn't really matter to them. They're just making an offhand comment. But if, if it's personal to you, it takes up the rest of your day. The question is, how can we get to a place where you see yourself the same way you see that thing that you love, that it just doesn't matter how anybody else feels about it. And I think first, you know, I think we need to start with going to the Lord and talking about what is it that what is it that upsets me by what they say? What is it that hurts me? Is there something about me that, that I am so upset with that I'm not content with? And is there something I can do about that? Or is there something I just need to learn from you about why, you, why I am this way, why you made me this way, and how I can love myself in a way that I don't really care? I don't give anybody else those credentials to hurt me. I think when we can start to break down some of those things, what gives me permission to not care what anybody else says? What gives me permission to love stuff and not care what anybody else says? Look at those kinds of things and apply some of those same things to who you are and who you are physically. That's where we got to start in kind of thinking our way through this. That's a great point, Glenn. 
You know, let me just expand on some of those excellent things that Lee is saying there. Uh, uh, first and foremost, I think the problem with a lot of negative thinking, bad thinking, you know, insecurity type thoughts, fear type thoughts that we have in our brain is that we treat it like a puzzle that must be solved. Yeah. And sometimes the devil can see that we're doing that. So he just gives us really complicated puzzles. You know, someone, let's say you have big feet or something. And the devil gets someone to come up to you and say, you have big feet. Well, you kind of can't get away from that because you do. You have big feet. (laughs) Um, So you're caught up thinking, how do I convince myself I don't have big feet when I do? And, you know, you can't. (laughs) There's no solution to this. What you're what you're involved in is a, in the, sort of a tug of war there, there where you're you're resisting. This in in our ministry we we talk about uh, how a man of God or how a woman of God acts. They don't react. That, mm. that by reacting to those things, by trying to answer back to it, you get caught up in trying to grasp at something uh, where they've they've hit on a little nugget of truth. And you're trying to to counteract that in some sort of way. Here's the thing: I've got big feet, so what? Mm-hmm. That's the that's the thing. Is you have to think of this as a third variable. It's not: Do I have big feet? Do I not have be, big feet? The, those two things aren't relevant. The question is: Do my big feet turn someone off? Do, do, do my big feet uh-huh. cause me to be shunned by society where they were they were chase me out to the village and poke me with sticks and say, go away, person who has large feet. You you, you cursed our village. This, you know, um, it, it doesn't matter. So some, it, once you embrace the third variable of it doesn't matter, someone can say, you've got big feet. Yeah, I do. What are you going to do? So what? Uh, you have smaller feet. What are we doing here? What's the game? I don't understand. Did you, did you win? Did I win? I don't know what game we're playing here. Uh, well, no one will love you if you have big feet. Well, that doesn't, what do you mean? Like you're saying a person that's super shallow that only cares about foot size would reject me. And I don't have a, an opportunity to have a relationship with a super shallow person. And that's a curse. Of Such a letdown. You're saying I should hope to have a really hot and sexy body. So lots of creepy person, people that I don't want to have a relationship will want to have a relationship with me. No, thank you. And that leads me to my second point, which is I think when it comes to the world of attention and fame, um, some of it works kind of like the greed stuff we were just talking about. We picture if we got a lot of attention and a lot of acclaim and a lot of people saying you are attractive and sexy and whatever, that that would make us feel super, super good. Yeah. Here's the thing is it wouldn't. But the problem is letting go of that is tough because we think, if I, if I decide not to care about what people think about my feet or whatever the thing is, then I'm letting go that dream of one day, everyone saying I'm really awesome and beautiful and whatever, whatever. Uh-huh. That dream isn't worth holding on to. You could take all of that equipment that's designed to monitor positive incoming messages about your body and shut the equipment off because you don't need it. At the end of the day, you decide I've got the body I've got. I can get in better health, you know, by, you know, uh, maybe that involves a uh, change in diet, change in exercise. Yeah, maybe that might change my body shape and so on and so forth. But I'm still going to be the same height. I'm going to still look basically the same. It's, you know, uh, it, it's not going to be a radical metamorphosis here. So I'm still going to be basically me. 
And at the end of the day, um, that's who I am. It, it either works or it doesn't. I can't do anything about it. So I'm just going to turn off the concern about it. other people mentioning it. Then don't, doesn't matter one way or another. It's, it's, it's not relevant to what we're going through. So I think it's, 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 it's not necessarily about having the right wise withering response to this or uh, being sort of in some sort of a spiritual cloud where these things don't affect us. I think it's about recognizing that we're, they're waiting, we're waiting for and craving after something that, that wouldn't satisfy us anyway in terms of that acceptance and attention and whatever. And the person that God has for you will look at you and say, that's exactly what I'm looking for right there. And that's all that really matters. Totally, Jed. Well, I'm really sorry people are being jerks to you. Um, all of us are. Yeah, and, it's uncool, uh, dude. It's super, super uncool. And for what it's worth, there's a few details that might be useful in, in terms of helping to sort out a few things. So uh, don't be a stranger. Um, you know, hit, hit us back and, and let's talk a little bit further about this. But I'm going to tell you how to get even because um, they're being uncool. I'm going to tell you how to hit back. Here's how you hit back. And best revenge is living right. Yeah. People that would go out of their way to belittle you over your appearance have miserable terrible lives i promise you that's true and uh, the best possible revenge you can have is don't have a miserable terrible life um when you get up tomorrow morning uh you have a choice about the kind of life that you're going to live you can choose to um go after your passions you can choose to um invest yourself in things that matter to to work on things that you care about to um develop yourself as a human being as a child of god to to grow and evolve and and do great things you can choose to do all of that and you should You should do it because it's what you're made for. You should do it because it's the right thing. You should do it because it'll make you happy. You should do it because it suits you. You should also do it because it totally sticks it to all the people that are being jerks to you. Just saying. It's like putting hot coals on their head. That's in the Bible. It's just like that. It's just like that. Uh, If it helps at all, I've had people, particularly when I was growing up, say unspeakably cruel things to me about every area of my life appearance among them but everything they could think of when when you're a preacher's kid people give themselves permission to just be awful for some reason i don't i don't know why um and um uh, on a certain level there there is no better answer than just proving them wrong by living an amazing life um uh, you have that in you the, the fact that yes these words hurt but they haven't crushed you speaks to the kind of depth of character that you have um, there's plenty of people that would um, hear those words and say, well, I guess they're right. Probably I should suck like they do. But you've chosen not to do that. Those words still hurt. And the thing is, there's never going to come a day when they don't hurt. There's never going to come a day where you go, well, of course I'd like you to insult me. Give me another round. Um But you've got the kind of depth of character where you can not only not be um, – uh, uh, controlled by this, but you can rise above it. Uh, you can become an extraordinary person where you both are are living a beautiful life and helping people, and you're also putting all these words to shame. Um, and you've, you've got what it takes to do that. We love you, we believe in you, and we're praying for you as you live out that journey. It's absolutely true. To put a, quite a little bit of a finer point on that, not to not to be rude about this, but I'm going to guess from the context of the question, you're a young lady, not because young ladies are more uh, prone to have body image issues, but because young dudes are more likely to just go spouting off at the mouth. Yep. And basically the conversation that these randos, as you very accurately put it, are saying, they're coming up to you and saying, I know you're wondering, and I don't want to have sex with you. Yeah. And uh, that's a blessing. Sure. Yeah. You don't, you, these people's opinions don't 
matter about you. The thing, the thing that makes it hurtful is when someone says something that strikes a chord with the way you think about yourself or that you think everybody thinks about you and they're the only ones brave enough to say it. That's not the dynamic you're working with here. This is um, yeah. cruel people being cruel for no reason. And you've heard a lot of good stuff about how to deal with that. And uh, I, to reiterate what Jed said, feel free to follow up with us. Give us some more specifics. We can get, take this piece by piece. We'd be happy to do that. If you want to do that or if you have a question for us, say that podcast at gmail.com or pardon me, the bridge, Chicago.tumblr.com. Just remember missionusa.com slash bridgebox, missionusa.com slash BBLY, or to leave a review on the bridge loud. Leave podcast. A review. That was on a different register than normal. That kind of <laughs> threw me. And you can email me, Matt, missionusa.com and pick your piece of say that or Lee younger merch. Just remember, we love you. God love you. There's nothing you can do about it. The say that podcast guaranteed to cure your singleness or we'll make Matt date you. Wow, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, we're for him. <laughs>